Hi everyone, Daniel here. Hope you all are doing fine despite the global quarantine right now. Um, before we begin the episode, we just have to give some important information, first for our Swedish and then our English-speaking audiences. För ungefär ett år sedan gjorde vi ett avsnitt om uppväxt inom trosrörelsen i Sverige som vi fick en mycket viktig kommentar på från en man som tyckte att vi uttalade oss klantigt och svepande om amerikansk religion i slutet av 1800-talet. Vi tycker att han hade god grund i sin kritik och vill därför rätta till felet genom att säga att vi borde gjort det tydligt att vi menade den spiritism som hade god grogrund under den tidpunkten och att vi inte hade för avsikt att uppfattas som att vi menade att all amerikansk religiositet i allmänhet såg ut på det sättet vilket det kunde på grund av sättet det framställdes på. Vi ber om ursäkt för det och tackar Lars Magnusson för kommentaren. Vi vill också säga att vi ber om översände med att detta avsnittet är på engelska men hoppas att ni ska kunna följa med så gott det går. We also want to say to all English speakers that you will hear some very, very bold claims by some well-known preachers. These samples are taken out of context and we are aware about that. But our heart is not to cut, copy and paste things together to make their theology sound bad and create dramas. Actually, in context and in relation to the bigger perspective on the theology of these movements, these claims actually make perfect sense within their worldview and confirms it, and in light of that even makes the claims even worse in some sense. We will provide links in the description of the episode so that you can check everything out for yourselves. Our hope and prayer is that you would take these claims very seriously, and ours as well, and please let us know if you have questions or have objections or comments. And we hope that you in prayer really think about what this theology means in relation to the COVID-19 crisis we are in right now. What does it mean when prophets just a couple of months ago claimed that we currently are in a new age, a resurrection age, where we are supposed to see thousands of thousands of resurrections and now people are dying in masses in this pandemic? What does it mean when they claim that we have the key to have a storehouse of body parts and that there even is going to be an acceleration of releasing these body parts? Especially now that people need lungs more than ever due to this virus and so on. We hope that we can help you think about these uh, things and that our conversation will both will open up eyes to these problems but we also hope that we can provide rest and peace with this little conversation. The day after we recorded part one and two, Jeremy Riddle, a well-known former worship leader at Bethel Church, Redding, California, shared a few thoughts on his social media. What he presented was exactly what we hoped for that this crisis should stir up in the hearts of leaders within certain Christian movements. The posts would have been so valuable for us to have while recording the first parts. But since this was the real the day after, We also recorded a part three a week later and postponed the release of the whole episode just so we quickly could give our thoughts. Hope you will find this bonus part interesting. Lastly, me and my friend Olof do not have English as our native tongue. So we hope you will have patience with us and have charity and understanding if anything sounds a bit odd or off. Thanks for listening and for your patience. Bless you all.
we declare life for Olive. And we declare her the first fruits of breakthrough for thousands and thousands that no child should die. That after that the earth was covered in waters, that everything was covered in death, that the olive branch was a sign of a new age. Now, you had another visitation uh, in which you saw what you refer to as the storehouse in heaven, and I've heard little bits and pieces from other people that have been to the storehouse of heaven, but uh, you had quite a, uh, a tour of that. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's exactly what I call it. I was brought there, and it's one of the favorite experiences I've ever had because it, it describes so much to me and so few words, but sometimes a, a vision can be worth a thousand sermons, you know, when you see something that's just straight from his heart, and I saw a, a room that had no perimeters, and it had different sections to it, and the first part he brought me to was this, he called it the Department of Creative Miracles, and we were walking through, the first section of that was there was just rows and rows of body parts, and I'm looking at these body parts that looked like mannequin legs and mannequin arms, but they were real, they had flesh to them. And it grossed me out at first because it was so many, like there was livers and eyeballs and just things lining up. And I said, what is this? And he said, this is provisions for creative miracles that are going to be called forth on the earth. Yeah, but wait a second. I have interviewed people that have had this, but this is so infrequent. It sounds to me like, like God wants to speed this thing up. Wants to speed it up. I, I looked at, I started looking, each, each of these body parts was tagged, and I started looking at their tags. They had names of people that, that God had designed these body parts for that either don't have them or they lost them at some point. And then it had dates that he wanted to give them, and so many of the dates are coming up now. So many of the dates, there's an acceleration. And I was seeing that average people could call these things forth. The reason why you can heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons is because of who you are. Jesus didn't say, pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. Well, only God can heal the sick. That's why he said, be imitators of God. In fact, Jesus quoted the psalmist when he said, you are gods, and the word is, gods is little g. Ye is big g, and you are little g. You're little g, God. So God framed the world with faith and his word, and you will frame your world with faith and your words. Right? So you're saying, we're going to have a new home. We're going to start this new company. We're going to have a successful marriage. We're going to overcome these problems. We're going to get through these difficulties. We're going to change these circumstances. We're going to get rid of this disease. We're going to be healthy and strong. You're framing your world. And your future is created by things not visible. Men of Jordan, come on, some Paulus. You're filled with your bit all. But to him who can do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all things I can ask and pray. You'll come out new job in Moron. Hans som tog mig hit, han kommer ta mig in i framtiden. Yes, jag fick ett läkarbesked. Men låt mig tala om för dig vem som är min riktiga läkare. So, uh, welcome to this podcast, Retro Theology, with my friends Chris and Olof. Uh, you just heard a few samples from um, uh, a few Word of Faith preachers. Um, the first one was from uh, Bethel Church, um, uh, where 
they had services uh, where they were worshiping, praying uh, for a little girl to be resurrected. Um, and the clips are a little bit hard to hear what they're saying, but they're basically saying that this girl was supposed to be resurrected and she was uh, prophesied over that she was going to be the first fruit of thousands of thousands of people in the future who is going to be resurrected and that she marks um, the new age of this resurrection age. Um, and we want to be fair, they're not talking about the new age movement. Uh, they're just talking about a new age. Um, mm. The third uh, sample was from uh, their prophet, Sean Bolts, um, where he tells uh, about his uh, visitation from an angel from heaven, uh, where he's shown a storehouse with body parts that is available for all of us uh, believers. Um, and the next sample um, was from uh, Chris Vallotton, also a prophet from Bethel, um, where he um, basically says that uh, believers are like little gods. Uh, the sample after that is from uh, Hillsong, um, a clip I found on Hillsong Sweden's Instagram account, where the preacher basically says that whatever we speak is, is coming to pass. Um, and the last clip is very interesting because it's from a Swedish uh, pastor in Hillsong. Uh, and um, it's a sermon, a little s a snippet from a sermon uh, this new year. So it was a sermon for the new year 2020, uh, where he basically preaches that we ought to declare um, declare what we, we want to see in the future. Uh, so what he says in this sample, I will translate it for you uh, English speakers, is that <clears throat> if I lose a job, if I lose my job, then I will just say and declare that I'll have a new job. If I get sick, I'll just say and declare that the God is my uh, doctor and he will heal me. Um, so, as I said, welcome. Um, my name is uh, Daniel Mameke and uh, I'm from Sweden. Um, I studied a bit theology on university. Uh, I think it's very interesting to study theology. I love it. I love to speak to my friends about it. Um, I can, come from a Pentecostal background uh, and I'm still a part of my Pentecostal church at home. So um, that's me. And Olof, who are you? Yeah, my name is Olof and uh, I'm, uh, I've been uh, a good friend to Daniel since I was a newborn kid. So we grew up together in the same uh, church and I have a Pentecostal background. And um, yeah, I went later to Bible school. I've been working as a youth pastor in a Pentecostal church uh, before. And then um, uh, many years went and then I, uh, God is like taking me into the Lutheran Lutheran family, and I'm now becoming a minister and priest in the Lutheran family. In one year, I will be ordained priest. So um, that's me. And uh, but I'm very thankful, and I really want to point that for my for my uh, Pentecost background. And I think uh, those traditions really have something to learn from each other. The Pentecostals uh, pointing to the Spirit and the life with the Holy Spirit. 
together with the Lutheran confession and the word as supportive and uh, and um, yeah, so uh, really grateful for the place I'm in right now. Okay, so that's me. Thank you. And Chris, my name's Chris Araya, and um, I'm from USA, New Jersey. Originally born in Costa Rica, and um, I met Daniel through music, and just yeah. honestly, some divine intervention that brought us together because yeah. people from two completely different places of the world um, coming together through music, and then um, seeing that the struggle we were in as far as um, what's what was going on within religion and just you know our lives in that moment just brought us together to see that we had a similar heart for uh, ministry and God. And um, I have done basically everything. I I grew up at a Pentecostal church, Hispanic Pentecostal church, and uh, went through every ministry there. And um, after that, in 2015, 2016, early 2016, I left that church, which I grew up all my life, and I moved to... Um, an English-speaking church uh, with a contemporary model. Um, it's a non-denominational church, right? Which oh. here is very, very, um, very popular to be non-denominational because you want to welcome people that are Baptist or Methodist, whatever you are. Calling yourself mm. a non-denominational allows people to come and just be followers of Jesus, right? Yeah. So... Since 2016, I served at that church, and uh, I left that church last year as a as a member. And with that church, we were able to plant uh, about like three locations and do a bunch of different things through ministry. And I learned how the contemporary model works. Um, and then God took me on this trip of of honestly seeing how much the model itself and how much like American Christianity is is has turned a lot into a production and has turned into a Sunday morning um, not show necessarily but sometimes can be a show um, more than necessarily discipling people and uh, bringing them to true repentance well we can't obviously God brings them but we present the word you know to them and um, yeah I've been in the struggle of of what do I do right now? Um, because I don't want to be just stuck in that, you know. And my my struggle right now is, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Um, I don't think that the model is going to leave anytime soon unless, like, because of this corona thing, we can't meet again to who knows when. Um, but I just know that uh, that we need to bring people back to the word of God. And uh, yeah. how how you do that when you're so involved with this system is hard. It's very very hard. Yeah, so that's because, where I'm at. Um, the topic for uh, this podcast um, is the church, or maybe specifically the uh, word of faith movements um, and the situation the Western world is in right now, the COVID nineteen coronavirus, um, and. I mean, we've talked a little bit, you and I, Chris, uh, we chatted on WhatsApp and I mean, we're sent uh, links and stuff. And um, I've seen you have been sending stuff on Facebook and Messenger, Instagram, I mean, openly to your friends and everything uh, about this topic. 
Um, and then you and I, Wolof, we have been talking on telephone and uh, I just felt like maybe we should have a chat together. So that's what we're doing right now. Mm. Um, just sharing our hearts and thoughts uh, on this situation. Um, and these samples, it's like the framework um, that we could come back to. So uh, will there be a crisis for these uh, Word of Faith healers, uh, Word of Faith movements, or will they somehow survive this? Actually, I think it's about we who see these things, see this crisis, and we see uh, the Word of Faith movements now really struggling with their consistency with their theology and their practice. But the crisis depends much about if we are willing to speak about it openly and make people aware of this is happening. Because in Sweden, it's the second biggest Bible school right now, I think. It's just a matter of time. Be 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 yeah, uh, Beth just Bethel, uh, sorry, Bethel, Reading, yeah, uh, exactly. as one example. And if we talk about that, uh, we talk about the future of the church in Sweden. And um, what I've come to see is that people are not aware and are lacking knowledge about the whole theology that they are teaching. Yeah. And, and so the crisis depends if we are willing to speak up, because if we are silent, I think they, it would just go away, actually. That's okay. my fear also. Okay. Yeah, my opinion is... Um, we know that like evil is here, right? Evil's in the world, and um, the devil is the deceiver. Like he's he's a liar, and that's what he does. And until he's put away, where he's gonna go? He's gonna do everything possible to deceive, right? And I mean, in not so much of a pessimist point of view, I believe that like the word of faith movement is is gonna stay here until. Jesus comes back or he does whatever he has to do because in my opinion the problem is not so much the word of faith preachers it's not so much that fake message and hear me out real quick to me the problem is the people and the heart of the people because yes these people that are preaching may sound convincing about what they're saying and yes because of God's mercy we're able to know that it is fake, right? But the people who search for them, the people that keep supporting them, like, for example, the people that keep going to Joel Olstein's church filled with thousands and thousands of people, I don't think that they really care whether his theology is sound or not. I think that they want to be made feel good. They go there because he makes them feel good. These people that are in the Word of Faith movement, that don't get me wrong, I think that there are some real Christians there that God in His mercy will pull them out, right? But I know that there are many people that are within the Word of Faith movement that are part of these congregations and follow these preachers because they tickle their ears. And as we know, the Word of God says that people will turn to these, to these speakers, these preachers, because they are saying what they want them to say. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm -hmm. You know, the only reason that these people have a market is because there's a demand. And that's, it's like a business model. And the word of faith is a business model, if you think about it, right? So I think the issue is the heart of the people. 
and, and what they are desiring. Now, our job, you know, is to preach the gospel and to let people know the truth. Um, now, whoever God has mercy on, they will be able to, to know and hear and be like, oh, man, yeah, I, I'm in the wrong place. This is not real. But in my opinion, that all depends on God. And God will call them out and God will pick them out. But as far as this toxic word of faith system, it's there because many people want to hear that. And many people want to believe that they have some sort of control where if they declare something a bunch of times, it's kind of like a false hope. It's a, like, like a false version of love, a, vol- a false version of faith, a false version of hope that depends on me. And it depends on how devoted I am to this, right? Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, I, I think it's a problem of the people more than Can't the speakers. Can it be both ways, I think? Uh, I, I agree with you that the desire of men, um, I mean, uh, we know that we are wicked. We, we need God. We need uh, someone from the outside of us to save us. And that's Jesus Christ. So... The man from the very beginning, from Genesis, wants to become like God. That's that's the fall. Uh, so uh, I agree on that. But I also see, and now I talk from experience, uh, that people can sometimes be like you, uh, all of us three have been. We have been growing up in church, right? Yeah. And we it seems like we have been blessed. We have talked about that, Daniel, that yeah. we that we feel blessed that we have had shepherds that really had a pastoral care for us and and preached the gospel. Uh, but we know that uh, for some people they are grown up in church and they are listening to the uh, to their shepherds and uh, priests and ministers. And they trust them so much, so they listen to them instead of also seek into God's word what, yeah. what it says. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and and this is the thing where I want to come to. I think, like you say, Chris, in Joe and Lostin's ministry, that there are thousands of people, and many people are going there to get filled with what they want. But I also think, and that's what I'm talking about, to step up and speak up. Because I think if we don't show them what the Bible says, some people think they are following God and following His word and His commandments and His law that is good because they trust their priest. But then if someone shows them that this is inconsistent with the word of God, this this is not the truth. I've seen people really turn around and, you know, like open their eyes and like, being crushed also in their hearts. I, I agree with you, but I think that, I mean, just uh, think about it like this. Even if they wouldn't open the Bible, I think there are enough evidence to support that these preachers are preaching false messages. Because, for example, uh, this prophet Sean Bowles, um, a little bit over a month ago, Uh, he wrote a message on Facebook uh, that God had spoken to him and said that this coronavirus uh, is going, there's going to be a turn in this coronavirus virus and soon it's going to be over, right? Mm. Um, 
And at that time, there were like maybe 100 cases in the US. Almost all cases were in China, like 80,000 or something. Um, and then a few weeks later, you know, the cases in the US has skyrocketed. And then he says, he prophesied again and said, no, no, this is going to be a lot, lot bigger. This is going to get worse. Um, and now it has gone like two weeks again. Um, and now instead of 100 cases in the US, it's like, what is it, like 400,000 or something? And instead of 80,000 in all the world, it's like one and a half million cases. And for me, I mean, that is, I agree that the Bible is everything, but these people should, even if they are churchgoers who don't even read their Bible, they should be able to, if they follow this guy, Sean Bolts, they should be able to see that this guy is a fraud. He's changing his prophecy according to what's happening around him. You understand? Um, and that's like, will there be a crisis in people's lives because of what they say? Because it doesn't fit with their reality. Yeah, yeah. I hope there will be a crisis. Uh, answer me right now. I hope there will be a crisis. I hope that people realize, even though it will be hurting and the foundation will be be shaken about what they think, I think it's very important. And that's the thing, again, I want to say that the importance of speaking up, because we, we sit here and you give us the facts, Daniel, about Sean Balls, yeah. about the prophecy, yeah. and that he's switching the prophecy. People who are in those movements aren't always thinking systematic do you understand oh, what I that's mean? true yeah 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 and that's something i think is very important from the outside it's easier to see those things but many people have who come from the outside and love those people and have influence to speak up about what they see and so what you now said i think if you would show this with facts I think there will be people who would turn around, but I also think there will be people who will be shaking their heads and still wanting, like you said, Chris, follow something because that's what they want. And maybe because there's too much to lose as well. Yeah. What no, think, I Chris? think uh, 100% we are all in agreement as, as far as that. It's a, it's a both side issue. It's a side of people's heart of desiring what they want to desire and then there's a, a a problem of their responsibility that preachers and pastors or, or some that call themselves preachers and call themselves pastors have of of preaching the the truth and um yeah i think it meets somewhere in the middle but our uh, responsibility of is of of, of speaking the truth um, in love, as the Bible tells us to, and um, and whoever wants to hear it will, and uh, and whoever is stuck in in that system and wants to be stuck in that system, if God doesn't, in His grace, pull them out, they they will remain there. But we got to do what we got to do, and it's you know speak truth. Yeah, I mean we need to help people, you know, to 
to see, help people to start um, questioning. Because I think that is something biblical. Uh, I mean, it, it even says, test the spirits, test the prophecy. That's biblical. We should always do that. Not, you know, ah, today I feel like testing the spirit or today I feel like testing the prophecy. You should test it every time someone prophesies. You need to test it. Yeah, growing up, growing up in my my Pentecostal Hispanic church, um, even though I didn't agree with a lot of this stuff later on, I remember that my pastor would always tell us this from the pulpit every time he spoke. He'd say, "Hey, I just told you guys all of this, but don't believe a single word I said." He said, "You got the message. You got the notes. Here's the recording. Go home and see if what I said is true. So go dig the scriptures." And if I said something wrong, come let me know. So I respect that a lot. Yeah, and that I mean that's that's um, that's a humble calling as a shepherd and in the pastoral care. So respect to that, and I think uh, that's something. If we look at the World Faith movements, there there is this um, problem that the authorities are high valued uh, and um, and uh, looked up to and they promote themselves we know that there are many uh, self-appointed apostles and prophets and when you combine that with a theology that that the spirit can go out of the map go out of the word new experience new revelations that don't, don't have yeah that don't have a substance in the word and combined with a, a rhetoric that says, just keep yourself close to those who who support your faith, because otherwise your fire will burn out. And and if you put all those ingredients together, you can really see why people trust their their pastors in those ministries more. And the word of God, and why they don't question even, even though they would say question this, because what they say is what they say. And if you point to self as an apostle, that would be something to talk about. What is an apostle? What does it mean to be an apostle? Because I mean, those are really that's a pretty bold statement to to make yourself known as an apostle. That's an, office, agree? that's an office that closed. That office. Yeah. That you, can't, you can't apply for that job anymore. <laughs> Apart from uh, missionaries. I think, yeah. uh, I think it, because I think there's um, a part of the apostle's uh, office that's still active, and it's the missionary part. Um, but I mean, the canon, the biblical canon is complete. And it says in Revelations that. Um, the new Jerusalem, its foundation is built on the 12 apostles. So they are named. Um, there are no apostles beside those 12. Um, so I think that is very important um, to know for guys who uh, listen to us that, listen, there is no more revelation. The, the Bible is complete. You can't have new doctrines, right? Um, but then we come to a problem, as you said, Olaf, that these 
prophets and apostles, they make serious, serious claims. We can take, for example, one of the samples uh, we played in the introduction from Sean Bowles, where he says that he, I, it's not very sure, it, not, not very clear what happens to him, but either that he got an angelic visitation or that he traveled to heaven and met uh, an angel oh, yeah, in heaven. Yeah, and, so and he's shown this storehouse with body parts. Yeah. Um, and, and this angel tells him, listen, these are available for you. And there's, there are specific dates, he says even. There are specific dates where people who are sick is going to get these body parts. All we have to do is to give it to them. We have to release it, you know, from heaven. So here we have a completely new revelation and people just buy into it because they don't know that we cannot have new revelation, right? So how, what do you guys think about this? And also in relation to the corona, because obviously yeah. we have access to this store, storehouse according to Sean Bowles. And we've seen others um, claiming this as well. If you know Heidi Baker, another uh, a minister in this movement, she also claims to have been in the same storehouse. And as yeah. and Olaf, you can tell uh, the story of your wife when she was in the Word of Faith movement, because she had a similar uh, experience as well, right? I don't remember in every detail, So, uh, but if, when you describe Sean Bolts, yeah. uh, uh, it's very, very similar. Um, she had the prophets with her uh, eyes and uh, had glasses. Her parents were praying for her and the prince and so on uh, every time and she would be healed. But then she had this revelation or this uh, experience as you described with John Bolso almost and she was taken to a storage storehouse as well and where she was shown uh, where there was a person there who stamped, I don't remember if it was Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, I think she said it was Jesus stamping on her glasses and said, if you just have enough faith, you d will not need these anymore. And here are yeah, your exactly. new eyes and you will get your new eyes. And I yeah, mean, exactly. your wife, she said in our podcast that she, she interpreted it like this is something demonic within the word mm. of faith movement. That's the only mm. explanation that, you know, several people apart from each other get this revelation. Yeah. Uh, so we need to understand that it's not, I don't think they are lying. Do you understand? I think this might be real, but it's not heaven. It's not yeah. biblical. It's not from God, right? Mm -hmm. It's um, a strange fire. Um, yeah, so exactly, exactly. And I mean, if these preachers, they claim this, like we have these body parts and now we have the coronavirus and the cases are skyrocketing in the US. Why don't they use this access to the storage house? Because people need new lungs right now. Okay. I mean, you made a good point, uh, Chris, uh, on your Facebook that where are all the faith healers now, right? Yeah, so um, just to kind of piggyback what you guys are saying, uh, and I'll um, 
go into that. Um, I think from the quote, sometimes a vision can be worth a thousand sermons. Um, right off the bat, you, we can understand the root of the problem, which the yeah. root of the problem is uh, the lack of uh, knowledge of the word, right? And by knowledge, I don't mean just knowing the the text is straight up God revealing to you what the word says, right? So um, people want to experience things. People um, take more, um, take experiences and feelings to be a lot more credible than a text and, and the actual word of God because maybe reading and studying the word of God takes a little bit more time. And it's, it's actually... Uh, completely against our nature like our our sinful nature does not want to seek god that's why it's harder to sit down unless you love reading and like that's your passion a hundred percent it's really hard for people to sit down and read you know some people will rather watch a movie than to sit down and study the word of god so right off the problem we see that 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 the problem is people not knowing the word of god so um I think that um, these experiences, as you said, uh, are demonic activity. Uh, demonic activity, and uh, and a lot of this stuff is psychological, spiritual and psychological. Yeah. And as you said, um, I don't think that these people are lying that they went through this stuff. Um, well, not all of them, because just as as the the preachers, I always question. Are these guys deceiving people because they want to deceive people? Like, are they really bad people, right? That one day woke up and said, how do I make money? How Do I do I just want to deceive people and deceive them, right? Like, is that their intention? Or are these people who genuinely believe what they are speaking, right? Mm. That's another option. Maybe they genuinely believe it and they are lost, right? And... God can eventually have mercy on their lives and show them that they are wrong, right? Yeah. So just like these visitations and, and um, visions and all this kind of stuff, um, only God can really judge the heart and say, that person's lying. They're making up that story. Or they really went through that, and it was a demonic um, a demonic experience. Yeah. That was very important for my wife. It was like... She, when she understood that she was not alone about this experience and it was totally uh, attached from her she didn't know it was a person from the, uh, from another from another country who had in a book described almost exactly uh, the same thing you remember daniel when she yeah, described yeah, yeah. it yeah, yeah. And, and that was like there must be something else that's operating behind those scenes and um, to be aware of that and uh, I think you're really pointing to a very uh, important thing it's it's uh, what are the intentions but that's uh, the thing like I think uh, like 95 percent of them I think they really believe this I mean they really believe we can release body parts from heaven I mean if my prophet says so yeah of course we can do that but then it comes, if you have this intention, then I think it also have to follow that you do this, you know? Well, yeah, and something we, we need to uh, 
put this up in a bigger box with their theology, I think. The, yeah. And now I think we are talking about people who come from the same movement of the word of faith that's coming in every denomination right now, that's coming into everything. Yeah. But there are some movements that are really um, sticking out in our view, right? Yeah. And we are right now talking about uh, people and characters that come from pretty much the same as it's, it's Bethel, uh, for instance. And uh, I mean, they have connection with the Toronto blessing and uh, Toronto. Uh, kind of like the new, you know, new Apostolic Reformation, the NAR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. New Apostolic Reformation. And they are uh, linked with others as well. So, and, and the thing is that with their theology, basic theology is that Bill Johnson, one apostle in their eyes, leading pastor for Bethel, he has uh, himself said that he would never um, give in to a gospel that allows suffering. Yeah. And, and that's something you ha- need to have as a background when we're studying, uh, when we're talking about those things, that these are not some small issues or topics that is like, this comes from the core this is yeah. like the branches from the root. Are you understand what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so and I think- when you have that theology, and he, and he uses, and this is something that Apologia um, uh, uses. Apologia, is a, they have a podcast, and they are, uh, yeah. which, yeah, Jeff Durbin with others. And they were... Um, talking about this as well, that Bill Johnson is using Galatians 1 when he says that this is a false gospel that allows suffering and they will be anathema. And he will not agree with that. He uses that that theme of Galatians to build on his his theology that doesn't allow suffering. And that's a very important thing to have as a background. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think to, to add on to that, like you said, it's, it's very important to understand uh, the theology of the word of faith because um, from Bill Johnson himself in, in his uh, his book, I just forgot the title. Um, what's the title of, of, of the book? Um, when Heaven Invades Earth, maybe? Yeah, When, yeah, when Heaven Invades Earth. Like, he, he talks about, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that... The, the Jesus that they, oh, there you go. The Jesus that they believe in, it's not the same Jesus we believe in, because he he believes that like Jesus ceased to be God while he was here, you know. And I think he takes the Bible out of context, um, where basically he says that he denied his deity. So yeah. the reason why Jesus uh, performed the miracles and he did what he did was because he was like really close to God or or I don't know what the thing is but that's why we can also perform the miracles because Jesus was like just a man and we are just men and women obviously um and if we can stand before God the way that Jesus did we can also perform these miracles so if you have that uh quote like right because I you know I don't want to misquote but my understanding is that that he believes in a completely different Jesus. That Jesus was not God while he was here on earth. So yeah, and and you can have a support for that, uh, not just in the Bible and in his book When Heaven Invades Earth, 
Bill Johnson was at the Hillsong conference. And listen now to uh, what Bill Johnson uh, says in, uh, in the Hillsong conference. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Anything you think you know about God that you can't find in the person of Jesus, you have reason to question. He said the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. Do you know that Jesus so restricted his function on earth that he actually couldn't heal anyone? He couldn't multiply food. He couldn't cast out devils. He couldn't do any of that stuff because he had restricted himself to the life of a human being that would have to be dependent on the Father through the Holy Spirit. Now, if he did miracles as God, I'm still impressed, but I'm reduced to an observer. I stand back and go, that's amazing. God, that's amazing. But the New Testament was different. The New Testament shifted where everyone gets to be involved in that which God is doing. 